0: Welcome. It's Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with John Keating. We're going to talk about the IRS. It's an unpleasant subject. But you will have wished you had prepared and listened to this before you do your taxes. The best approach is to do it in such a way that you don't get audited. But if you are audited, you ought to be uh, mentally and, and probably physically prepared with your backup. So thanks, John. And thanks, sponsors. Tops Panini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Bur- Burbank Sports Cards, Copsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. No one can get away from the IRS. All the sponsors, every entity has to file uh, tax returns. And there is a little bit of a minefield because there probably are some gray areas where you can take uh, some opportunity to put your best foot forward and hope that the IRS does not take a different position. But John, welcome to the show. You're mentioning the Dr. Thomas Newman collection. When the IRS sees $20 million collections being sold when somebody dies, they're thinking, hey, there's more money in this than we thought. Maybe we need to look closer at this. What was your concern?
1: Thanks for having me, Dr. Jim. My concern, I come from a background uh, where about half my income uh, was 1099 and the other half W-2, which means obviously with 1099 income, you are uh, entitled to pay your complete FICA tax instead of your employer paying half of it. So there's issues with that as well. I've had cards in my collection for approaching 50 years that I pulled from a pack that are valued. Say a George Brett card is valued at anywhere from two to $500. Where does the IRS... Have to charge me for something that I pulled from a a fifteen cent pack and put the hours and time into collating and and nurturing these cards for years and storing these cards. Obviously, that grows exponentially with the size of your collection. But where do they have the right to get in there and take their piece of the pie? In your experience,
0: they're the IRS. They make the rules. They have the gold because they took it from us. The government has our money and they redistribute it according to the tax law. What I want to grab out of what you said there, because their position is going to be that you got a penny in it, and if you bought it for more, and again, they're not going to do anything to you sell it, even until you die, uh, or and your heirs sell it. But if you've got a penny in it, you have to prove that your basis is more than a penny, and uh, without receipts, that's pretty difficult. But what I want to take issue with, I understand the fairness aspect because I've spent a lot of hours in this uh, hobby as well, but I'm not aware the IRS has given me credit for time spent organizing your cards. If your 1099 income is such that you set up a business and maybe even have other employees, but you pay yourself, then you could pay yourself for your time. But then the IRS would get it on your uh, wages from yourself. You can't get away from if you pay yourself for your time or somebody pays you for your time, the IRS gets a cut out of that. The IRS is not going to give you credit for time. If I made a charitable donation, which I do every year of hundreds of hours to ministries and nonprofits. They're not going to say your hours are worth X and uh, 500 times X is you just don't get that. If somebody paid me, then I'd get the money, but then I'd have to pay the self-employment. So it doesn't seem fair, but um, I I don't know. Can you get around that? Along along those lines, I, I deduct my home office
1: for my business. The square footage that I use, but I deduct my utilities. I deduct my insurance. I deduct a lot of those things. Okay. Yeah. But you but, can't but, leave these cards out in the sun. You can't leave them in a wet
0: basement, right? That's not time. That's real estate. That's well established. But I will say this it's if it's not a yellow flag, it's an orange flag to the IRS that says audit me because I have a home office. <laughs> right. It's one of the flags they look at. Sure. It's, it can be completely justified and the audit can go very smooth. So yeah, if you've got one fourth of your office dedicated to cards and it has to be fully dedicated.
1: Right. Um,
0: and yep. you have been audited on that I suppose. What about your uh, grading uh, slab? We get them graded obviously supplies. Grading, yeah, grading stuff right off the basis. would add to the basis of the cards. Your George Brett, if you pay 25 bucks to get it graded and you bought it for a penny, it's now $25 and 1 cent. And maybe you could charge get uh, so many cents a mile for driving it to the grading. The problem we have is
1: we don't have any receipts for any of this stuff. These days, eBay allows you to keep track of things, but I don't have receipts for any of my most valuable cards at this point.
0: Well, okay, but the, the way I got around that, because I've been audited a number of times, but I've had a journal that was contemporaneous back in one of the years that I thought you might get audited. So I, I'm going to keep track. I had a daily journal where I kept track of the transactions and activities. This was in the 80s. In fact, it was my sabbatical year. Okay, Sabbatical for teaching. I thought I'm working somewhere else away from my homestead home. So I, I wrote off reasonable business expenses. Right. So, but again, time is not one of them, John. So I don't, I, gotcha. I, again, the most thing I put into my cards is probably time more than money. I've spent money on cards, but the amount of time mm-hmm. is scary. You're probably looking at it the same way. That's the appeal, right? And, and what the IRS might say is wait a minute, that, that was fun. If you call it a hobby, that's one of the problems with hobby versus industry. If you call what you're doing a hobby, you can't even deduct those things. You have to call it a business and you have to keep records like a business. If I were you, I'd try to put together some records because then it shows you're a business. And then at least you've got the concept of, hey, there's going to be some net profits. Otherwise, they could say everything is profits. You don't want that because that's really not true. How do you deal with the, the
1: generational aspect? You've been on record stating that you get cards, a nice set of cards, the Goudis from your father. And then that will possibly be passed on to another generation. How do we determine the value of those? Other than the book value now?
0: Well, no, the, the episode I did with Eddie Healy that Eddie suggested on stepped up basis. And if that's eliminated, with stepped up basis, then your heirs get stuff from you through your will at the current value. When they go to sell it, there's not an accumulated capture of the gain from the original. So my dad paid a penny for those. Right. When I got them, they were maybe worth a dime. Right. It was only a couple of decades after they came out. Now they're worth you know, hundreds of dollars. But as long as stepped up basis is allowed, then if I died, my heir would get them at the current value. And when they sold them, there'd be no gain if they just sold them for the same current value that it is now. So that's a great blessing if you do that. My goal, as I've said, is to try to reduce my load a little bit and try to sell stuff now, which means I have to pay taxes on it. But it's better for me to pay taxes than my wife to have to to worry about it. And the taxes are the gain. And the gain is what you got less the cost and and the other expenses. Postage. I'm not doing a home office these days, even though I think I could. I did in some years past. As I said, I think you, you got to be careful about that. So the IRS, they're in the position where you're guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, right. You have, yeah. To, you have to make your case. They don't have to prove what your basis is. They start at zero or close to zero, and you have to prove that it's uh, closer to fair market value. Right. Um, the other thing you mentioned is what if you have a, a George Brett card that you got by trade? That, that's even more problematic because you can't say, here's my bill of sale or I know what I paid for it, if you traded for it, it would then have the same basis of what, if you traded a yount for it, if you traded a rookie yount for a rookie Brett, actually, you'd probably do that all day long. (laughs) But if you did that, then the basis of the Brett that you now have would be what you paid for the yount. Unless you can document that, then it's going to go back to a penny. How you motivated this is that the IRS may see that there's some real money here and they're not just going to roll over and say, oh, it's just a hobbyist if you've got very many cards and we keep having these world record prices.
1: I've run into issues too. My wife had a dance studio. So even if your name, your DBA or your name is similar and your EIN is different, they'll they'll come after you for somebody who has a similar name, even though the EINs are completely different. My wife had a similar name to a daycare that owed $40,000 in back taxes. And they came after my wife. She had nothing to do with any of that, but the name was similar enough even though the different EINs that, that they come after you.
0: they I've, I've had that fine. myself. It's very scary because the IRS can come in and confiscate your stuff if you're not being responsive. So if you get a letter like that, don't stonewall them. Right, um, Be cooperative. Maybe even get an attorney or your accountant to to make sure you're answering their questions. But it's really frustrating when you can see how they made the mistake. You're pointing it out and they're ignoring what you're saying as if somehow there's three levels of subterfuge Right. Uh, that you're really a crook. Like I said, guilty until proven innocent is re- really frustrating. It seems un-American. And you have the facts. You have to use facts. They yeah. don't use. them now. They're very yeah. skeptical. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you mentioned that I thought was really interesting is with breakers. There's some breaks where people come out of it with a giant card that's six figures. Right. I'm not speaking this into being, but I I think it could be like Las Vegas when you you have this big pull on a slot machine or have some big win. You go to the window to cash out and you want your money. They say, here's your money, less holding. So it could be that in order to get your card that's publicly visible through the streaming of the break, that you're the winner of this card before they can ship it to you. Maybe there has to be some withholding. And again, the difference is it's not withholding based on the cash. It's based on an imputed value. Right which it doesn't change. Seem- that's fluid. And that's fluid, and and especially this day and age. And there's no gain. If you spend $100 on a break and you got a $100,000 card out of it, it's like buying a stock for $100 that went up to 100000 There's not a, a tax until you sell. But the IRS could, that's a scary thought.
1: But especially with fantasy sports, they consider that a game of skill. Breaking is not a game of skill. Breaking is a, a game of chance. Uh, is there a difference? in tax ramifications there. Does Vegas, your wins in Vegas, is that considered a game of skill? Most people would say, yes. not a slot machine, blackjack or craps. They would consider that a game of skill. Breaking is not a game of skill.
0: You're going to a Catholic church and playing bingo or doing a chance, right? You're allowed to do that on some small level. If you had a business and that business is investing in breaks, then you'd probably be able to write off all your losers, all the $100 breaks you got into where you got nothing. Um, I'm not sure about that. Other than it's a lottery. The moral of the story is keep records. Sure, but I'm saying the amount of time you spend. I don't think they're going to let you deduct your time, except that the amount of time you spend. Not that it gives you sympathy, but it justifies that this is a business. And if you were incorporated or had an LLC, some kind of a way like that, then yes, you could pay. But then you'd have to do your your own deductions and things like that. Any other questions about the IRS? I'm hoping that the You know, in COVID, they cut people some slack. Hopefully that's the new gentler IRS. What do you think? Well, I think they've cut themselves some slack because I'm still waiting
1: for my refund that I filed in March. Hopefully that doesn't mean I'm getting a letter from them. I was audited like two years ago. I hope that doesn't happen again. First time I've ever been audited. And hopefully they're way too busy to look at me. That's all I have to say.
0: Well, uh, the years that I've been audited are mainly some of my better years. So it's an honor to be audited. It means they think maybe you did well enough that maybe you could give them a little bit more money. <laughs> so You're right, though. Keep your receipts. I still have
1: uh, boxes and boxes uh, in my storage area going back 20 checked. years at this point.
0: I have a check for $6. <laughs> I paid. I kept the check. It's from in the 70s, and it's for a set of hockey cards. Then I looked decades ago. It was already up to worth 600 So I'd made 100X. And wow. Sad part about that is that that means... That's the way the IRS would look at my collection. That You bought all this stuff yeah. in the 70s. Now it's it's worth 100 times what you paid for it. Therefore, when you sell it, pay the money. The other thing is if you're on Com C, you're on eBay, if you get big enough, th- th- then you're, you're very visible and detectable. So don't, don't try to cheat the IRS. If you overtly try to cheat them and not innocently make a mistake, you can go to jail. Yep, it's, That's no fun. I've taken positions that I think I would have had to argue them. But I've won as many arg- audits as I've lost. Been audited six times, I think, and I've gotten money back three times, and I've paid a little bit three times, and, the, and it's a wash. So they've right. left me alone in my retirement now. I hope they just
1: leave us alone. I hope there's bigger fish to fry out there. I'd
0: love to be a big fish. Maybe I used to be a big fish, but I'm not a big fish now. IRS, <laughs> just leave me alone. I want to swim in my small pond. Leave my friend John alone,
1: too.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, avoid the problems, be honest, and keep receipts. Thanks, John. Thanks, everybody. Be back again tomorrow. The